It's great to have you join us for another episode of the Blue Baggers podcast. I'm Chris, and I'm pumped, and I'm joined in the Blue Bagger basement by Andy. How are you, Andy? I'm really good, Chris. It's awesome to be back in the uh, Blue Baggers basement. We haven't done a podcast together for some time, so it's cold, but it's, it's nice to be in the same room, and we can uh, rejoice over a great win. It's been much colder when you haven't been here, trust me. You've just warmed the room up. <laughs> just, yeah, more body heat, so it makes sense. How pumped are you? Yeah, I'm really excited. Um, what a game. What an amazing game. A massive turnaround uh, from from the, the loss against Melbourne by one point. Um, it looked like the script was almost the same, but we were on the winning uh, winning side this time, so it's great. We beat Geelong in Geelong. First time since 1996. I think we've lost the last, was it 11 out of 12 games against Geelong? I also read another stat too that um, I think it's the first time since 2003 that a team's gone down to Geelong and led the whole match. Stat man. You're taking my so, job. Yeah, well, you haven't been here, have you? So, so what was that? So they haven't... So since 2003, there yeah. hasn't been a team that's gone to Cadinia Park and led for the whole match. Wow. So we're in front all game. Yeah, we were too. Yeah, 2003, so 17 years ago since that's happened. Yeah, that's quite amazing. And, and even the the fact that 96 was the last time we won down there, and we obviously won the grand final in 95 against them. I'm assuming we didn't play them. I don't think we played them in 95 at Cadinia Park. I wouldn't have thought so. I don't recall too many games being down there. No, I think we... Yeah, Marvel Stadium or Eddie Had Stadium or Colonial Stadium. No, I think it was, it was, called, it was before it was, then. We played a lot though, yeah. Yeah, I think, yeah, I'm not sure where we played him, but we, I'm pretty sure we didn't play him there. All right, set the scene. What was the score? So the score was 77 to 79 in our favour. It sure was. And like I said, big turnarounds. Two different games altogether. It we was, had, yeah. I mean, last week... First quarter, rubbish. Round one, absolutely rubbish as well. Uh, we asked for a big turnaround and we got it. Would we kick five goals in the first quarter? Five goals in the first quarter. They only kicked one goal. Um, again, it's just a mirror image of that round two game against Melbourne where we failed to score and they kicked they kicked seven goals before we kicked a goal um, up until the, uh, midway through the second quarter. So just amazing that um, we came. We were, all, we were worried. I, I was, to be honest, a little bit confident that we wouldn't come out and give that kind of performance that we did against Melbourne. But I was a bit worried that we'd tail off near the end and I was really expecting Geelong to run over us. Uh, you know, the debate is maybe if uh, the quarters were a bit longer, maybe things could have been a bit different and we might not have held on. But um, Yeah, same argument could be used for round two against exactly Melbourne right. yeah. as well. But uh, yeah, just incredible to think that you're, you're outscored, you know, five goals to zip in the first two games and then it was at five goals to one, our favour. Five goals to one. We kicked one, yeah? Yeah, absolutely. And we kicked four in the four in the second, three in the third, and then we didn't score a goal in the last quarter. So, Which is the other tale. We did yeah. die on our feet, didn't we? We did. We did. We and really trailed off. And we, look, we looked gassed. I think the commentators could see that. Well, I think we could all see that. We, we probably put a lot in those first three quarters. The issue with Geelong is they score so quickly like they did in that last quarter, and it was always going to happen. And... Look, we managed to hang on, and at the end of the day, the win's ours. And you know, maybe we should have got the win over Melbourne. Well, I think we should also preface this before we speak about Melbourne. We did do a podcast last week. Good point. We did a podcast on the Sunday about the Melbourne game. We recorded one. We recorded one, <laughs> I should say. Uh, Chris, you spent all Monday editing. You did a hell of a job, considering you've got a a normal job which actually pays. Couldn't spent, bring this one back. No, the um, too far gone. We, we went over the uh, using the phone has doing uh, podcasts via Skype, there's just too many 
your line in was just too hot and we couldn't figure it could out. Could not so figure it out. But we, we do apologise. We did because we did a we did a podcast. And it was a ripping 20, one, wasn't it? It was a great pod. It was of it was, in, it was our first. Within yeah, it was the best. Yeah, we'll never do one like that again. But it was within twenty four hours of the game. Um, it was it was a heated pod. I think it's fair to say, and I think all Carlton supporters can can um, relate to that because yeah. we were we were furious after last week's game. So I don't, don't want to harp on that too much. Um, really disappointing last week. Really, really impressive this week, even though, um, you know, almost a late comeback by Geelong, but we held yeah. on. It just goes to show the psyche, though, doesn't it? You shift it, you put all the focus on the start, and we were going to pay the price somewhere in the last quarter, which had been, you know, good for the first two rounds for us. So just, I think there's that big focus on, you know, getting to the contest first, running, spreading. Um, it just wore us out, even though we appear to be a pretty fit team under Russell this year. Yeah, we do. And I mean, I think just obviously with all this, the massive break in the in the year because of this COVID stuff, teams aren't, you know, there's going to be different levels of fitness, not like a usual season where you've got that pre-season regular game. So maybe it will take a few more rounds for teams to kind of get back into an AFL standard of fitness, maybe. Um, yeah, look, it's, yeah. Yeah, and look, the opposition, what, they beat Hawthorne down there the week before by 50-odd points? Yep. Thereabouts. So, uh, you know, everyone was praising them and uh, it wasn't looking good for us. Not too many people gave us a chance. So, I mean, to walk away the two-point lead or two-point win is just, yeah, it's a big big step in the right direction, even if we did trail off a little. Yeah, it is. And look, I don't know about you, but I'd prefer to come out and play great football for three quarters and, you know, probably fade away. Spend rather all than, your tickets. Yeah, spend all your tickets. Exactly right. And the thing about that is we, we played so well in the first three quarters, we gave ourselves enough of a buffer. You know, 42 points is a lot to come back from. So, you know, the fact that we did kind of didn't score on the last quarter a goal and um, we really did run out of run out of gas. We still had not, that, not, that much of a buffer that didn't matter as much. But I hate when we come out in the first quarter when there's no excuse that we shouldn't be 100% effort and 100% intensity. 42 points up against Geelong in Geelong. Yeah. It's, it's a fair feat. Did you tip Carlton? No, we all we had this discussion. We need last week's podcast. To, yeah, I said I thought we were either going to get spanked, or we were actually going to win. Put in a good show. There's not going to be any uh, in the middle. And I gave you about a ten percent chance of us winning, and about a ninety percent chance of a of a smacking. Yeah, well, so I hedged my bets, I guess. But I didn't did. think it was going to be a twenty thirty point game. It was going to be one extreme or the other. Well, in the end, you were right. It was it was a very close game. Yeah, it wasn't going to stay a forty two point win. That would have been. That would have been great to see, though. But was, you know, I, had a, I had a good feeling about Carlton. I really did. I just think that after how we were feeling last week, and all Carlton members and and you know the, the coach came out, um, the players were obviously disappointed. Do you think? I know just before the game, there was that um, the news broke that Connor McKenna from Essendon um, potentially had COVID, Corona. Yep. Do you think that had any impact on how Carlton played? Thinking this could be potentially be our last game that we play for the season do you think that has any (laughs) to answer your question one word no you've gone you've gone left of field but uh why is that left of field you might be on something but hang on you so when i when we got that the news on um on saturday you don't think that crossed the mind that football we're talking about you know an entire team potentially there's infections we knew it was probably going to happen a player is now confirmed you don't think that Carlton might go? This is that we were rubbish last week against Melbourne. I know there's enough incentive there because of that, but do you think players were thinking this could be the last game we play for months, let alone it could be the season? They might have been, but do you think Geelong players are thinking the same thing? 
Yeah, I think Carlton had a lot more to prove. Either way, look, you could you could be onto something, but uh, you don't like my conspiracy theories, I'm do you? So sure, about <laughs> I, don't, it. I don't mind it. We're going to get into five G towers now. <laughs> um, yeah, look, you, you mentioned that getting the news. I was actually away with the captain for the weekend. Who uh, we got captain, on? Yeah. yeah, the captain we got on last podcast. Uh, big Melbourne man. He was furious. He yeah. planned his whole Sunday to uh, kick back and watch the game, and no, not to be. Yeah, I mean, yeah, selfishly speaking, it's where I was talking about someone's health, but, you know, we'll get to a bit later, but we're playing Essendon this week, Saturday night at the G, and I don't think that's, or well, potentially might not be the fixture. Yeah, so look, we we'll, we'll, we'll talk about that a bit later. On, but yeah, we'll talk about that a bit later. Look, well, I guess what were some of your key takeaways from the game? Well, I was sitting there watching the game, uh, the first quarter in particular, all I could think is, this is not Carlton. Our field kicking was... Unbelievable throughout the we game. We looked clinical, didn't we? We looked clinical. We were actually, um, you know, kicking 40 metres. We were hitting targets. We looked like a good, a really good AFL team. And obviously the first um, goal to Eddie Betts, you know, that's just... Set the tone, didn't it? And that's his textbook straight down, you know, beautiful lead out and goes back and kicks the goal. And I think that really set the tone. Um, it's always good to get that first goal. And that's something that we haven't been able to do for quite some time, so... Yeah, look, the Ford- never underestimate the momentum of the first goal. No, absolutely. And look, how good did the fourth line look? It actually looked like it functioned. Structured. Yeah, yeah it was structured. It, it we worked. weren't getting in each other's way. Yeah. You know, we were lowering the eyes. We were hitting those 30-meter passes out to a leading play with space. We weren't all sucked to the football. Um, there was plenty of space, and that was great to see. And talking about the bigs in the fourth line, Casbolt, McGovern, particularly those two, they were clunking marks. Yeah, we're saying is Casbolt, he, you know, he has to be the best contested mark in the game, surely. Oh, I'd say, yeah, it'd be hard to drop any other names that have got him beaten at the moment. Anyway, or yeah. even for the last sort of year and a bit, Harry Mackay's a good one. But, Harry um, Mackay's good, and yeah. I think Harry was really good against Melbourne with his with his marking around the ground. And I thought he was double teamed a lot, but I thought he was he was pretty good on against Geelong. Not as good as probably. Yeah, Cas-Bolt he was he was and, quiet, but I think he drew the defender. He did. And we're talking about creating that space. Yep. I think he probably had a role to play. Yeah. There, we definitely did have the uh, the attacking power, and it's just a matter of them working together. And that's probably the best we've seen our forward line, at least with the tools. You know, play together as a team. Yeah, and look, we say Carlton were really good, and they were. Um, what do you think about Geelong? Do you think it was, you know, well, I know we, we can't take that away from Carlton, but were Geelong that bad? Look, they weren't terrific, and we saw what they can do, I think, in that last quarter, whether we call it fitness, uh, you know, composure, or, you know, our inability to close out a game. No, they, they weren't fantastic, and they made a lot of, uh, you know, unusual errors, ones that they wouldn't normally make. And the, I guess the reason why I thought we were a chance and had that 10%, you know, optimism was the fact that they were coming off a pretty big win against Hawthorne, and I thought maybe they just think it's going to be fairly fairly easy. Carlton come down to your stadium, and you know you switch off a little bit, and they certainly looked that a bit. I thought, yeah, they did. I mean, and I mean, Geelong really aren't in that position as it stands right now on on a Monday. Uh, we're both one and two. Yeah, so they are one and two, aren't yeah, they? They're one and two. They, they're sitting where we are on the ladder. So um, if that was Geelong's mentality, I'm not saying it was. You know. It's not, you know, they're not they're not world beaters at the moment. Um, they beat. Do you reckon Chris Scott was a little disappointed? I think he was a little bit disappointed. Something. Um, I think he was disappointed because he got beaten by Carlton. I yeah, I think that guy's always a few of those uh, remarks. I think that guy's always a bit disappointed and angry. I wouldn't want to be uh, a player in the rooms after that game. I think um, speaking to one of our Geelong supporters, uh, 
friends, two, two shoes. shoes. He um, he said that it was apparently the longest post-game um, meeting that Scott had ever held in his time at Geelong. I'd imagine he's held a few long ones yeah. as well. <laughs> so, what was he talking like? A couple of hours? Yeah, no. Apparently, there for breakfast? No, I just finished today. Yeah, it's Monday. <laughs> just finished today. So it's been, been a long kind of uh, 36 hours. Another clue to how we won, I think, was the fact that you and I didn't watch the game together yeah we have a high strike rate when we don't watch games together and pretty low when we do i feel like we've seen one game one win together in like the last three years so maybe that is the maybe that's the new kind of directive we don't watch games together and we'll have that this saturday because i'm away so ah yeah pencil that one in for okay. a win back pat carlton over the bombers <laughs> forget the odds just lay the money down yes oh, well, oh. i mean and we're talking about geelong yeah um look a couple of players stood out for me they were the really dangerous players especially coming to that last quarter yep and they were uh gary rowan and grind myers and gary rowan played a really good game all game grind myers made a couple of errors but he always looked threatening and i thought those were the two players that were going to take it away from us if we were to to lose and you know geelong were going to get over the line i was uh yeah pretty tense every time they picked it up because they generally made something happen yeah and, and in fairness uh, to yourself you brought that up in the in the in the Melbourne pot against uh, when we when we had the El Capitan, the, the small forwards they the small forwards kill us, and we said we probably need to address that uh, at the season's end because Plowman's probably the only player that is matching up on these guys. And yeah, you're right, Gary Rowan. And yeah, Gary Rowan's not he's a exactly very good small, player. but he's very quick. He's he can quick. play like a small. Yeah, but forward. who do you put on him? But um, yeah, but yeah. I thought I thought they threatened to to tear us. Apart, and you know, I guess Geelong did a bit anyway, but um, yeah, I was most nervous when the ball went in their area. Speaking about um, between Melbourne and the Melbourne game and the Geelong game, were you surprised by the inclusions or lack of inclusions from you know post Melbourne game? I thought it was good. Yeah, I you don't want to overreact, and I think they made the right decisions. You know, it was a two in, two out. I thought that was about right. Yeah, so we had um, Nick Newman out. Through injury. And well, yeah, I mean, we touched on him a lot in the podcast that we didn't actually release, yeah. but uh, what a 2020 for, for that bloke. Uh, yeah. Wishing him all the best. Absolutely. Um, we also had Darcy Lang out, omitted, as he should have been, unfortunately, um, for him. So Tom Williamson comes in for Nick Newman. Yep. And Silvani. Silvani comes back, retains his spot, and he was a late withdrawal. Yeah, I think they're great, great inclusions. Um, it made sense, didn't it? Yeah. Oh, oh yeah, look, I was happy. I don't want to overreact. And you've got to think, how, how do you assess the game? I mean, do you assess the second half against Melbourne where you played really well? Or is it the first half? How do you react? I thought it was a sort of a pretty wise, calculated uh, decision just to, to do the two. I mean, one forced, one unforced. That yeah. That's about right for me. Uh, look, after the Melbourne game, I wanted, I wanted a lot of players out. <laughs> For the next game, it's fair to say. And I wanted a lot out in that first and second quarter, that's for sure. Yeah. We wouldn't have fielded the team. Look, and I think given the times we're in with COVID and stuff, we know that uh, lists are going to be reduced. Um, and we spoke about this last pod, which didn't get released, but we, I think we've got to kind of, there'll be, there's more leniency in a way for players like Setterfield, who I thought was terrible against Melbourne and I thought should have been dropped. But the problem is, we paid a lot for him. When you, what are you dropping him to? When, yeah. there, when there really isn't a VFL competition, um, you, what are you doing? You, you, you're putting someone out to out to pasture. You're not you're not developing the player. They're not going to gain a lot, whereas no. normally if you drop someone to the twos, you've got the opportunity. They can gain something. You can play them in the midfield. 
if they've been playing in the forward line, you can get their hands on it. You've got a whole lot more flexibility to do it better. Yeah, in terms of the value you're gaining from, uh, and we'll touch on the reserves game yeah. a little later, better. There's probably not a whole lot to gain by playing what is a sort of a Mickey Mouse kind of affair. Yeah, and look, I think Carlton, we've struggled for a long time with, I think a lot of players think they've, they deserve a spot when they don't. And we've, that's been the case because of a lot of injuries and probably a shallow list. Um, it's a shame that kind of this, with this COVID stuff, lists are going to you know decrease and stuff like that. But um, yeah, Setterfield, I think, held his spot for that reason because he wasn't great against Melbourne. All right, Andy. Martin to the midfield. What's your initial reaction with that, hearing me say that? Yeah, look... He's such a... I mean, we saw him against Richmond kick the four goals and he's obviously so silky and um, and can find the goals. He's a goal kicker and that's something we've always lacked. We've now got Eddie Betts back um, in that team to you know provide that small forward option. But look, I'm seeing him against Geelong. I'm, I'm a changed man. Um, well, I'll pose a question to you, something we've been harping on about, You know, apart from the fact that we're, we're lacking a small defender lockdown, yep. defender one or two even. What's the other thing we've said about midfield? We need more speed. grunt and speed. Yeah. Yeah, and a bit more mongrel for yeah. the team. What does Jack Martin give you? Well, I've always kind of, like I said, viewed Martin as a bit of a silky, skillful player, but he showed on the weekend that he's he's hard at it. He's, he's got some mongrel. He's got a lot of mongrel. He he was getting a lot of the hard ball, and he was the, the polish yeah, the polish was um, unbelievable. So, you know, when we've actually got forwards that are marking, like we said earlier, and you've got someone like Jack Martin delivering it, it's pretty hard to stop. Yeah, absolutely beautiful. At top speed, he can just deliver it, lace out, you know, and that's what you want from a forward. Uh, and you've got confidence. You're going, you're going to lead to him. Yeah. You know he's going to beat his opponent. He'll be able to break away, and he's going to hit you, lace out. So it's interesting because we have posed that about our midfield yeah. previously and what we're missing. Yeah. Um, he comes in. He's not a big body, yeah. but he's a mature body. And he hits. 100 games on the weekend. Yeah, and he puts his head over it and he hits. Yeah, congratulations, 100 games. But that's exactly what we've been crying out for. And we've got him. Is he wasted in the forward line? I'd love to see him play 70% midfield, 30% forward line. I totally agree with you. And then that also brings in to the discussion Operation Papley. So you get Papley in. Yep. You don't need him playing in the forward line. You don't. The demand's not as high for that to happen. He can go through the midfield. And classy midfielders that you know, put their head over it, have speed, are hard to come by. They have been for us anyway. Absolutely. Um, the issue I see with that is, I would love, after seeing... And remember, bets might not be on the list next year. Well, that's exactly what I'm saying, is that we get Papley in, which addresses that, you know, the additional small four, but then we lose bets. So then we're relying on maybe one player in Papley. So I'd like it Phil- if we... I'd like that's exactly right. We get someone like Papley, we get Philp in. Philp does the apprenticeship in the forward line. Yeah. Martin goes into the midfield where you need to be combative and you need a bit more yep. sort of experience in football mouse. And yeah, Philp just does that apprenticeship in the forward line. Yeah, I mean, that would be the ideal situation. Um, but like you said, getting Papley is not enough because we will lose bets. If it's not at the end of this year, it will definitely be at the end of next year. So we need two small forwards. So you're right, that's a, an apprenticeship by Philp. And make Martin that really, you know, you know, majority plays in the in the midfield, and and a player that we can swing forward as a bit of a kind of X factor, a bit of a you know, as we would throw Crips in the forward line when he provides that X factor, that kind of different dimension. 
Yeah, I just think he's too too complete a footballer now just to have sitting in the forward line and to, to burst in and out of the game. I think you just want to use someone like him. At the age of, what, he's 25 or so, hitting the peak of his career. Now's the time. Own the midfield. You're going to compliment Cripper. Yeah. They played footy together over in WA. Did they? Yeah, yeah. And I think Cripper's been on record as saying he's the most talented bloke he's ever played with, at least through well, the that's juniors. a big endorsement. It's a huge endorsement. So, uh, and look, why would you? The way that we've been playing uh, the last couple, of, we we haven't been getting the ball down there enough. So, I don't know. It, sometimes it's not the lack of quality forwards that we have, but it's the lack of delivery we have. And we've we've had the grunt players. We've got the Kernos, who you know. And let's be honest, Cripps, as amazing as as he is, sometimes his field kicking lets him down. Sometimes maybe I'm thinking that. When we've got these players that can take the marks and kick the goals, the bigger players, even some a player like like a Philp now or even a Paulson, if you're on the lead and you've got someone like Jack Martin who's got that skill to put it out in front of you, anyone can take that. It's pretty hard for the defenders to uh to he, block that. He makes other players better. Exactly. And those right. type That's of saying. players yeah, exactly make right. other players better. Exactly. You know, right. All of a sudden those forwards that you you know weren't expecting a hell of a you can put makeshift forwards down there. You can get yeah. away with that. You can have almost second rate forwards as That's, well. We, we can put a Paulson in. A player that you know has been struggling, someone like a you know a Matt Kennedy who has shown he can kick goals, but if the if the dispo- it has to start in the engine room, it doesn't start in the forward line. So it makes perfect sense to me. And geez, he was um, he's so exciting to watch. Let's um, talk about another great recruit because I think probably the three best recruit so three best players we had on the weekend were recruits. I think Betts, Martin, and the big Pitonet. Pitonet. Just giving away your uh, votes for the game. A bit early on that one. Yeah, maybe I'll. Uh, oh, but go ahead. What a game! He was. He's great. We've been. We've been. I'm sorry. We've been massive on Pitnet since we saw him um, in the practice yeah, at, the at Optus Oval at Princess Park at um, Icon. He's he's aggressive. We saw that in in the in the practice match. I think it was against. It was Collingwood, wasn't it? Against oh, Grundy. Yep. He has a lot to offer, and I think um, the big thing about Pitnet is his field kicking and dis- and disposal efficiency is, is unbelievable for someone that big. He's not overly athletic, but he's oh, he looks coordinated. He, though he's coordinated, but he's not he's not quick like your Grundy and Gone. Let's not no. try and put him as, no. against the two best ruckmen, but he's marking around the ground. He's field kicking around the ground, and that he's got a bit of it's grunt. Go, yeah, a bit of grunt, bit of mongrel. Um, also, if he loses the uh, you know the yeah. wrapped the the wrapped uh, the raptor, the raptor, <laughs> the chicken wrap. <laughs> Jeez, I went out dinner. Um, he tackles. He's he yeah. becomes that like we've always said was so good about cruiser. So this kind of brings up the next thing, and I hate to talk about it. Cruisers, he got injured in round one, um, and he's not going to play. He's on track to play this year, but if, if maybe only a couple of games towards the end of the season, he's still out for a long time. Let's go back to saying that you know teams are now going to list. Uh, list list sizes are going to be reduced. Going to, yeah, decrease rather than increase. So, I mean, Tom DeGonning is this had his a good last game? contract? I think is it that is. What I think to? I think it is. Yeah, it is yeah. his last contract. I, we love Cruiser. He's heart and soul kind of player for your club. He's been amazing. He's been extremely injury prone. I feel very sorry for him in that regard. But I think just the way things are going, we've got Pitnet in, who's who's still really young. He's only played seven or seven games, I think. Yeah, so seven games for Hawthorne in. Yeah, so a couple for us. Um. I don't know Hawthorne was sad to see him go. And then we've got Tom DeConning, who's back from injury and played in the twos and, and did all right on the weekend. So I don't think there's room for Cruiser, especially when we've got Casbolt 
and yeah. three big forwards. Well, you've, in- you've got to look to an eye to the future. Yeah, and Pitnet's what twenty four or thereabouts. He's yeah. just coming into his prime as well. We know Cruz is uh, sort of probably past his prime in his best seasons, and you know he doesn't get that run. So you, you look to the future and you say, yeah, why wouldn't you be playing Pitnet if he's put giving this output? Um, so yeah, unfortunately, we all love Cruiser, but this might be I the last contract is, yeah. for him. if Pitnet continues this way. Let's not get too excited. He's played two, you know, games for the Navy Blues so far. Two good ones, but how interesting, what a contrast. You are first week for the Blues, you come up against Max Gorn, you know, one of two best ruckmen in yep. the competition. Next week, you're up against Reese Stanley. Yeah. So that was what it was great. It was and great to see him. He, he held his own pretty well we, against We Gorn. doubled their hitouts. Yeah. Though we lost the clearances, which is interesting. Which but I think it speaks volumes, though, that he, he matched Gorn. Yeah. And then the next week, he followed up with dominating, not yeah. just matching, not just being happy to be out there, Um, you know, putting in a solid... He was one of the best players on the ground and, you know, used his advantage over Stanley, you know, I guess one of the weaker ruckmen yeah. or starting rucks in the league. So, yep. Well, if Cruz comes back round 17, he's fit to go. My argument is I doubt we'll play him. You're not going to play two rucks, are you? No, but, and you're not going to play, you're not going to... Well, do you say, sorry, uh, Mark, you've played yeah. really well no. for, uh, you know, 14, 15 weeks in a row. I think there's going to have to be, unfortunately, a line in the sand where... Yeah, we have to realise that because of the reduced sizes and because of our needs, we, we've got these two potential ruckmans, not not including Cruiser, and Casbolt who can ruck. Plus, we've got, when fit, Kerno, um, Mackay and McGovern in the fourth. We're too tall. Yeah, and I'm, and I'm confident De Conning is a talent. Yeah, me and too. And you can't keep them you know, down for too long. And how old like Cruiser that. would be 31? I think he's 30, 31, yeah. Yeah. I mean, just the injury concerns. Um, if this was a normal season, what what round would we be at? Probably round eight. Oh, I'm further on than that, I think. Yeah, well, yeah. round... I can't even... Round, but anyway, look, we don't want to... Missed, we don't want to focus on... Yeah, but know, he would have missed a lot of football this year. He would have missed half the season. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And he still will miss... From an injury in the first anyway, quarter of round one. So, first quarter yeah. round one and the same... Yep. The same Matty Cruiser, unfortunately, and those injuries yeah. bitter. Look, I guess the exciting thing about Pitnet for me is that, you know, you mentioned that he uh, he doubled the ruck hitouts, yep. which is what you want your ruckman to do. We didn't necessarily win the clearances, I don't think. No, we didn't. Uh, they beat us, yeah. But that's not necessarily his fault. He's getting first hands on it against Stanley, who can jump, you know, uh, he's, he's athletic. But I like Pitnet around the ground because when you see him out there, he actually doesn't look like a ruckman. He doesn't look lumbering. Um, you know, he, he cracks it, and he's not afraid, as you said. He, he gets... A free kick. He's not super takes quick. Takes a mark. No, no, no. But he just doesn't look unco. No, he doesn't. You know, he doesn't look, you know, oversized and gangly, all that. He's, um, and he's confident, to, you know, he gets a free kick, takes a mark. He'll go back and kick the ball as opposed to, you know, the traditional ruckman who'll just look to dish it off every time. And that becomes predictable after a while. I got sent this really funny, um, <laughs> it, must, it must have been from um, one of those Facebook um, pages of Carlton, but there's a, there's a picture of Mark Pittnett there. Yep, you can see it. I can see it's it. Yes, the, this it's is a 2020 this is great for the podcast. No, I know. Sorry, it's just the pic- <laughs> it's just the 2020 picture of Mark Pitnett smiling player, in Carlton. Player the player profile. A comment from someone that someone's made about the picture. He looks like you'd be a harsh but fair father of four who drives a Ford Territory and has been together with his wife for 15 years since they were in year eight. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's not bad. Solid citizen. Harsh but fair. Just a good man. A little, a little boring, but a really good man. Yeah, no, Pitnet, I'm um, I'm big on him. He sounds smart as well, doesn't he? We saw him interviewed after the Melbourne game, I think it was. 
Yeah. And and he just seems said like all the right things. Said all the right things. Wasn't prepared to take the uh, the loss or the, the honourable loss. And yeah. you know, even though it's only that was his second game, and who, well, first who, game for the Blues. And so. he showed a bit of you know who who gave away the free kick in that, uh, and all the Carlton guys got it in, stuck into the Geelong player. I forget exactly yeah. in the last quarter it might have been, yeah. but anyway. But it, look, you know, I was, we we win the hitouts, but we don't win the clearances. There were times when we were watching the game, particularly in the last quarter. You look at their midfield. Ablett, Selwood, Dangerfield. and Dangerfield. You know, it's right, pretty throw, hard. Throw Mitch Duncan in and there. And throw Mitch Duncan, an who's an absolute gun. gun. And it's there. They know how to play it. And they're so. Skinny grounds. You know, we, we saw Dangerfield a couple of years ago when they he kicked a goal. He just ran out of the. Uh, straight out of the centre and just kicked it, a kicked goal from 55 out. Like, they know how to play that ground. You so. like Paddy, don't you? <laughs> don't get me started. <laughs> um, oh. Well, another th- takeaway I had from that was. Uh, I guess contested mark in possessions. Yep. We we beat them in the air. There's no doubt yeah, about that did. at all. You know, you've touched on Kaz Bolton and clunking it. I think he had five contested marks himself, nine for the game. But uh, we definitely outmarked them. You know, perhaps you can say it's a different game style that, you know, yeah. we, we chipped it, we kicked it more, therefore we're going to mark it. But I thought that was noticeable. And like we said before, particularly in the forward line, it's just great to actually yeah. see. But see our that field occur. kicking was great. That's but, yeah. again why you can. You, Everything has a flow-on effect, and, and our marking was up because we were actually hitting targets and and slowing it down in those first three quarters particularly. The last quarter, I noticed, we became Carlton of old. We were bombing it. Yeah. Uh, we weren't looking at targets. We didn't have... We had a we panic mode. We weren't looking up the ground, um, and a lot of good players were doing that. I was saying to you before, talking that last quarter, I would have loved... You know, a win's a win, so I don't want to sound like, you know, I don't think Carlton supporters, we have a lot to kind of, we can't be bargaining too much. We had a win against Geelong, down in Geelong. Take the win. I'll take the win. I would have loved to have seen, so I think we, there were two minutes to go and Geelong kicked a goal, which brought it to within two points. I would have loved to have seen that happen at the five-minute mark and would have loved to have seen Carlton hold off Geelong. And show some real resilience. Real resilience, some real kind of, yeah, exactly right. That, I mean, and I think the, the problem that I had was, Watching it, who are the old heads that are really going to kind of settle it down? And I would have loved to have seen that happen. And I would have loved yeah. to have seen that. that as, but at the end of the day, I think we would have lost that if, if it went for another five minutes. It was great to see Eddie with that amazing tackle. Then took it back, kicked it to Walsh. Walsh was smart with that the ball. That was someone with composure. Absolutely. He showed you know, all, the, all the guile of a you know, 250-game player there. Yeah. Just waited to you know, bear hug. The Geelong bloke just waited for his yeah. time perfectly. And he and looked totally hold- out of it, didn't he? Yeah. He came out of nowhere. Yeah, and then I reckon uh, Silvani was looking to play on and he just shouted him, not on your life, mate. You know, yeah. he just stopped him from uh, any sort of brain fart and moving the ball forward. Kicked it across to Walsh on the wing. Walsh, who we did criticise, well, not criticise, but we we noted that last week against Melbourne, he had two opportunities in the last minute to deliver to the forward and probably had kicks that he'd like to take again. Absolutely. He held it back, kicked deep. And guess who marks it? Eddie Betts Eddie in the Betts pocket. Gets there. Yeah, perfect. He knew what to do on that occasion. The kick forward actually reminded me against, uh, reminded me of the Geelong uh, St Kilda grand final when Matty Scarlett ran and just toe poked that ball forward. It's exactly what Eddie did. Went to the Geelong players. He got thrown off it. Betts looked out like he was out of the out of the broadcast picture and then came out of nowhere and, and lays the tackle, which was unbelievable. Eddie Betts is an absolute, uh, you know, we we, we wanted him back and that's exactly why we need him back. But who is going to? If, if say we have five minutes where we're down by two points, who do you think is going to hold us? 
Well, you know, you, you got you got your two co-captains that are going to do it in slightly different ways. Doherty and Cripp. Cripp's probably less vocal, and uh, he'll try to lead by example. And yep. Doherty's a bit of both, to be to be perfectly honest. But uh, outside of that, he's an older head, isn't he? There's Doherty. Ed Kerno, but I think it comes back to that's that culture. Yeah, and and the the profile of the of the list too. We just don't. We talked about this again. Uh, we yeah. just haven't had that success. We don't no. have players that know how to win. Even the players we've brought in, as you mentioned, uh, yeah, have come from you know largely unsuccessful teams or yeah. periods that way so yeah. I mean we, our oldest player is um is Cade Simpson and we love Cade Simpson but he has not had much winning success at Carlton so you've got to wonder where that winning culture needs to stem from and you're right we we take Jack Martin from Gold Coast we take you know set of field fans didn't play a lot but um yeah you look at some other clubs where they get those kind of players from Hawthorne and stuff that have premiership experience and and i think it makes a big difference for those kind of games all right we mentioned contested marking i thought the contested possessions were great too and uh led by none other than patrick cripps as you'd expect so i think he had 24 possessions for the game i think 19 of those were contested that's and kicked two goals and kicked two goals. so now he's now getting he's developing that side to the game he kicked one goal two against melbourne missed an easy one in fairness to him kicked the goal that mattered the last one um should have kicked probably one at least one of the other two but t- this week that's always been the criticism it was a criticism of uh, Chris Judd's game when he was at Carlton very it's similar same, same with Dangerfield too yeah, and same with Dangerfield, Dangerfield broadcast. yeah exactly right um, if Paddy Cripps can get a goal or, or if he can get two goals to his game along with those contested possessions he's the best player in the league there's no there's no other way about it yeah the hard part is getting the pill when you're contested possessions when you're not an outside receiver getting first hands on it and that just sets up you know that's the engine room that allows the martins and everybody else murphy used to play on the outside more so as well so yeah i mean massive game we'll get into clip or clap shortly but it does worry me that um you know cripps he, he, not in dispo not in contested dispo please can that body hold up yeah yeah, it really concerns me. Against Melbourne, we saw he had the the knee, the ankle, the the uh, the wrist. He went down with a few ailments. Uh, didn't he? The knees bandaged, the ankle, just, and then also the wrist. Yeah. Someone said, um, you know, someone said at work, I, that guy looks like he'll play to about twenty seven, and I hope you know because he just gets battered, and you know we brought Setterfield in to help out there, and maybe that hasn't worked out so far. But we'll get to that. Let's go to well, let's invest know? in the best medical staff we can to uh, prolong that career because it's been a beauty so far, and you know, may, yeah. may it continue. But also, let's start getting some success while while he's around, while the body's not too battered. Um, I noticed last week, uh, Chad, no, Kane, sorry, Kane Corns came out and said um, he's worried. Yeah, here's the big story. Kane's worried about Carlton. He's worried that if if Cripps doesn't win more games that he could walk from Carlton. I mean, I know Kane's not the biggest Carlton supporter and, and it's just, I think it's a bit of fear-mongering, but, you know, we would just really want to see Cripps have the success that he deserves and I think we're on the right track to do that. All right, I think it's uh, time for our clip. most famous segment, Clip or Clap. Clip or Clap. I'm yep. going to say a player from Carlton, you clip them if you aren't happy with their performance or you clap them if you are happy with their performance, it's pretty easy. It is simple, isn't it? Do you understand, Christian? I've got the concept down. We'll see how the execution is. Clip or clap. That's all it is. You just make sure you get the right one out. <laughs> <laughs> You're the one with the bad habit. All right. No particular order? No particular order. Um, start with Setterfield. I'm going to give him a clip. Yeah, it's a couple of weeks in a row. I'd, I think he had a better game. Yeah, he was he better than the Melbourne, Melbourne game. Yeah. Uh, I think his tackle count was up. Uh, he was probably a bit more... 
effective, but needs to do more. Yeah. We, we, again, we had high hopes of him coming into this season, yeah. and he just hasn't delivered. Yeah, he, he hasn't delivered. Laconic. Um, yeah, he's laconic. Uh, six highest um, tackles for the game in six. Well, that's he, good. So that shows he brought some intensity then. Yeah, he had 12... Oh, no, he had eight touches, which is just... It's not enough as a midfield. I know, but in fairness, a lot of our midfielders didn't get a lot of touches that yeah. game. Kerno and, and they rotated. And Walsh were, they rotated players through the midfield, so a lot didn't spend. You know, I just felt he got caught a bit around the ball, um, where he just needs to be a bit quick with his hands or, or feet. Um, you know, not at the expense of poor disposal, but anyway, Paddy Cripps, clap, yep. of course, yeah. Yep. Wayne can't yep. say much more. Twenty-four, two goals, said. unbelievable. Two goals, yeah. Nineteen contested possessions. Just a bullocking game from him with a bit of a uh, quality with the finish. Jack Martin, clap, and again we've uh, we've talked about him. Um, how many tackles did he end up? That's what I want to know. Five. So he had five tackles. Yeah, same as Cripps. So yeah, yeah. So he's contributing defensively as well as I, I, I just love seeing him flying through the middle at full pace oh. and just kicking at full pace. Hitting t- I think it was a Mel- Melbourne game. He was at full pace and kicked on his left. left. Unbelievable. Yeah. Um, and just before we kind of get to him, Eddie Betts has kicked to Mark Murphy on the left. Yeah. That was incredible. There were some lovely passages yeah. of play. There were some very, some very good assists. So, yeah, a massive clap for, for the reasons we've already discussed. Lockie Plowman. I'll give him a clip. And again, hardest. he's the hardest player. He's the hardest player. Clap, that, isn't he? I just can't. Ever decide on him because and he's all whenever he's there, it's a pressure situation. Yeah, whenever he's he does, around, do you the know ball. what he does? I think he's. I think Plowman's massively underrated. Yeah, and I think he's very resilient. Speaking yeah. speaking of that, and I don't think he necessarily has the uh, the tools to do the job, the jobs that he gets given, and that's sort of a you know makes it even harder to assess him. And you know potentially he, he was on Gary Rowan though, some, but yeah, and I think and Gary Rowan was pretty good, and that's why I'm going to give him a clip because I think uh, for this one, Gary Rowan for me was their best yeah. player or the most you know. Damaging, um, and if yeah, Plowman is playing on him for a fair bit, so I'll give him a, a slight clip. Oh, I'll give him a slight clip. Uh, Dave Cunningham. <laughs> Again, you know, we, he's a harder one too. Uh, does his role. How many goals? No goals. No goals, which we want to sort of yep. have the two goals clip from for him. Me. Ten, ten touches? Nine touches. He, he adds that pace. Yep. He's polished. He's, you know, pretty skillful. Yeah, you're just uh, saying attributes, but he, yeah. he didn't do you know that what? this I'm game. Give, I'm giving him a clip. Good. I want more. I want a bit more. Yeah. Yeah, no, you're more, right. If, if you're not going to kick goals, I want... At his best, you're right. He brings what you just said, but I he did miss game. 15 disposals if he's not going to kick a goal, or I'm happy with 10 disposals if he kicks two. They, like I said, disposal in this game are very unusual. No one, The highest disposal, I think, was maybe 24. And I mean, Kerno and all these guys were down, but we'll get to that. But you're right. You need at least to kick a goal, Cunningham, if you... You know, that's what we've got you in that role for, and he he wasn't um, wasn't his best game. Um, Ed Kerno. Clap. Yeah, I think he did a great role, tagging role. He's in the face. He's uh, you know, single-minded, and I think as a play, you'd love to play with an Ed Kerno. Yeah, you would. Uh, Mark Pitnett. Clap, uh, without a clap, doubt. Yep. Sam Walsh. Uh, I'm going to go another clip. I, thought, I think this was his best game for the season. Mm. Um, but it's still, yeah, I mean, is he hitting the same standard that we we're hoping or, or that he's set in year one? No. No, so if he's not hitting, he's sort of, Benchmarker is average. Yeah, he's created this issue for himself, hasn't yeah, he? Yeah, by being so by having such a great first year. Yeah, and any clip we give him is going to be better than most. You know, like yeah. it's uh, so yeah, slight clip for me. Okay, uh, Eddie Betts, clap, clap, yep. Yep. big big clap. Uh, yeah, two goals. I mean, just for that last tackle, he won us the game. Yep. 
Liam Jones. Clap. Great game from him. Yeah, I don't think he got, can't remember him getting outmarked too often. Just neutralise any contest uh, that way, and we controlled the air. So I thought he was yeah, he was very good. Mitch McGovern. Oh, are you going to give us a clip or clap or? A, I'll give him your thoughts. It's hard with Jones. He's um he's spoiled in the last minute. Was really good, which actually set up that Eddie Betts uh, passenger play. Um, who 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 did he play on for most of it? I think it was maybe Radigalia for bigger Safa. Yeah, until he um. Until the and he went to the rock, and I think the, the rock, last yeah. quarter, and gave him a real drive. But I think, yeah, Jones had him for the first three. Yeah, look, it's a hard one. I mean, all I think all defenders were great in the in the first. Um, in we the won first the game. Three. Yeah, he's your boy. Oh, Joe, don't hey, you won't find a bigger bigger Jones fan than uh than this guy over here. Clap him. I'm gonna clap him. I'm gonna clap him because I've been peer pressured by you. <laughs> um, we've got Mitch McGovern. Clap. Clap. Yep, I think he did his role perfectly. Had a, had a bit of heat. He only had five touches, but yeah, it's crazy. Two goals. He seemed well. Let's just goes to show possessions. He was far more influential than five touches. He was, yeah. That's where so stat, he was. That's where the stats lie. That's exactly right. Um, he had impact. He had presence. Yep. Kicked two goals. Brought us back. Um, yeah. I mean, again, you like your hands on a straight. bit more, but kick straight. Kick straight. And I think what was it? The mark. One of the marks was two against one. That's yeah. That's, he took a massive clunk. Yeah, and then he and had went that back one and, from the fifty as well. Yeah, and just, yeah. Uh, went after back the Eddie Betts pressure as well there. So look, I'm giving him a clap. Jack Silvani, I'll give him a clap. He missed a game, came in, played his role. Um, you know, he was he was important around a few of the contests, but without being outstanding. So yeah. it's a clap for me, it's, and you know, in a win, I'm going to yeah, in a win, in a win, I'll give him claps. Yeah, I'm, more claps than uh, clips. That's oh, for sure. I agree. Kate Simpson, clap. Yeah, I thought he was good. I thought he, uh, mm. I thought he got more of a run. Then I think I don't know whether he moved out of the back line a little bit or got a bit more freedom. But I thought he was, uh, he was good. So I'm, I'm giving him a clap. You're not so sure. Uh, I'll give it, man. You, you're, yeah. going, you're going back. Your phone. Your eyes are on your phone. Yeah, because I'm is just that having, influencing you too much. No, no, not at all. Um, I thought. No, look at the time. I thought Simpson had a pretty. There wasn't much I could say about him. I'll give him a. I'll give him a what clap. Are you, what are your concerns? What were you? Oh, look, it's just a, his ball use was reasonable. Yeah. Didn't have a lot of it. Um, I mean, I feel that Doherty's now taking a lot of disposal from yeah. Simpson because Doherty's that natural thing. I, I, um, I really the only thing about I love Simpson. He's unbelievable. Just be careful here. The no, 300 no, game great. I just no. I just servant of the club. I was just thinking on the weekend how just add another three percent to his game had he just learned how to kick on the right. <laughs> he wouldn't it? he's just very predictable on that left <laughs> isn't he yeah but he has been for all those he games has been too, I know I know he's been great he's but very rarely caught but um yeah yeah I just I just know and that's all I was thinking I was just thinking can and you imagine no just that on the opposite could you imagine the three that three or four or five percent it would give him if he could just swing on that right like you yeah. know a lot of players can do now I mean it's a, it's a big thing now and if that's the case he probably wouldn't have been picked up for uh was he pick 60 or something like that yeah, exactly in the right. draft? He would have been a top 10, but uh, yeah, you are right. He's no, no opposite foot. Tom Williamson. Um, look, I'll give him a clap. I'm going to be generous. You're afforded some you know, generosity when you made a big stuff up in, season. Made up. a big stuff up by barely touching Selwood, which I'll touch on later. Yeah, geez, but, but he made, made up, up for it straight yeah. away, didn't he? So, um, he did. You know, stood his ground and was strong up the other end. That's exactly what you want. So yeah, it wasn't a, it wasn't a big game from him but I mean he might have been given a role too coming back for the first time and 
however long. Um, so yeah, I'm definitely going to clap the young man. Doherty. Clap. It goes nice without clap. saying. Yep. Just delivers what we, the what we hope. Yeah, what we hope. Not what we expect, what we hope he'll be able to. And uh, yeah, keeps doing that. And at the moment, and that's three weeks in a row where he's just been sensational. Harry Mackay? I'll give him a clap because, like I said, we discussed that forward line. I thought the forward line was effective. Uh, Set shot's an issue, isn't it? It's a big issue. Yeah, yeah and you want to get that sorted uh, pretty quickly because you know what I'm like. Uh, I'm not keen on forwards that just can't kick goals. They're, they're no, zappers. It's, their energy is It's zappers. an oxymoron. Yeah, yeah. No, no good for me. So get that sorted because you naturally are a lovely set shot. You can kick the ball 60 yeah. metres yeah. and you've got a great style. You always have... Um, just get it right between the head. I mean, everyone says all the groin issues he's had, he had to change his style. How much of that's true, I'm not sure. But either way, you know, the body's back. Um, he's able to run, he's able to yeah. jump, he can kick a football. Um, yeah. Just get that part right. But uh, yeah, I'll give him a, a little clap. Murphy. Clap. Yeah, well, I thought he was good. He got a couple chance. of goals. Yeah, two goals. One off that beautiful left foot kick by Eddie Betts in there. Yeah, and then we can't remember the other one. We sort of are a bit yeah. unnoticed, which is a bit odd because there weren't that many kicked. Oh, but um, I thought he was good. One? I thought he. Um, Murphy can kick the ball well. He yeah. can dispose of it well. When he's given a bit of space, um, a bit of time, that's where he's at. You know, he's not going to be that big tackler. He's not going to be that bull. He never really was. So I like him when he's outside. He got that chance. And uh, yep. I've just got a few uh, images in my head of just some lace out to the leading yeah. forwards. So. I thought he looked good. I'll give him a, a big clap. Uh, Jack Noons. Clip. Clip. Didn't I do, didn't see him. But we we never really got oh, I know, but yeah. I mean no, I, he didn't he didn't get forty possessions and we just nah, didn't notice. He him. needs to step it up, Noons. Oh. I've I've a feeling he can. Well can you I can't think of too many contributions nah. that he made. Nah. I mean that round one game we he kicked the kicked goal, kicked an amazing, you know, really good and goal. Like I said, he's the kind of play he's like we're talking about with he needs to almost like a Cunningham. I know it's a slightly different role, but needs that kind of just a good amount of disposal and the, and the goal to have yeah. a good game. And yeah, look, unless he's doing something crazy off the ball and helping out that way, which we can't yeah. see because we're watching all these games on television. He had one tackle. He had one tackle. Yeah, and that you've got him over as a big body to help out your cribs, yeah. to put on a wing, um, you know, to run. He's got yeah. some muscle about him, some you know, some strength by looking. Hopefully, hopefully the way. if you're not getting if you're not getting a whole lot of disposals, yeah, you need to be getting some tackles. Hopefully, a bigger game if he gets a chance this week. Uh, SPS. I'll go a clap, but it's, it's just just He was so exciting that first yeah. round, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah um, was it Richmond. the first round? Against Richmond? Yeah, and he was good in the practice. Pre- yeah, in the preseason like against really... Frio, I think, was a really good game. But yeah, he didn't he just, do a lot. Yeah, he, he's shown the glimpses. Like, he's my boy for the year. Yeah, he's shown him. those glimpses and just but hasn't wasn't had great. a full game. So look, I'll, I'll give him a clap again because he was still reasonable. I just want a bit more. A bit more. He's got so much more to show. Levi Casbolt. Clap. clap. A, big, a big Levi hands clap for that yeah. one. Two goals. Um, nine marks. Looked great. Uh, Gibbons. Clap. Yep, I thought Gibbons good. was good. More mid-time uh, minutes, and he showed that he deserves them. Yeah. So I'm happy with that. Throw him in there. Get bit of an older head. Hasn't yeah. played as much footy, but an older head, and I bit think that's really carry. important. Yeah. And exciting. It doesn't look out of place whatsoever. Jacob Weedering. Clap. Clap, yeah. He Clap. was awesome. He's got um, really held Hawkins. Hawkins took a bit of a control of the game in that last quarter, which it worried was me. Like, it was only the last quarter. It was only the last it? quarter. So before that, he'd he killed gone, him before that. So before that, he'd gone uh, you know, goalless. Oh, his opposition had gone goalless. So what, two and a half quarters for this year. Um, I think he held Hawkins goalless 
last year in the last match. Yeah, he did. So that would have yep. been what three and a half quarters of goalless uh, footy from his opposition. Hawkins, yep. what did Hawkins end up with? Hawkins ended up with I think it was two goals. Yeah. Two goals, one. It didn't have a huge impact, but he had an impact in that last quarter when it mattered. But I think um, to be honest, if Weedering keeps playing this way, he's going to be uh, high contention for all Australian. Yeah, well, we did call it. I think it was one of the. Uh, what is it, the preseason shows? Yeah. We did, and, the, and yeah, we I know, we know Terry was high on him as well. Um, yeah. So some of that information we've got from He's number one draft pick. Ready it? to step up, and yeah. look, uh, we'll do a shout-out to uh, Reese Lloyd, who's pretty keen to get the Jacob Weedering fan, or from the Jacob Weedering fan page, Yep, and trying to get it out there for All-Australian, get the talk up there to uh, make him an All-Australian. Yeah, I think, look, people, are, other uh, supporters are saying it as well. I think Weedering's starting to get, Notice and rec- uh, recognise, I should say, is as a really, really, really good defender because he's doing it week in, week out. He did on. And he just he yeah. looks like he's going to come. I mean, it's an early call. It's uh, three games into a season. Yeah, but he just looks like he's going to give you that performance and output every game. We did say on the last pod that never got published. It was uh, <laughs> did it not? It would be great that he had an opportunity. to kick a goal against Melbourne. It was about fifty-five out. Can't blame him for not kicking it, of course. But it wouldn't it be great to see him be able to float across that kind of midline and kick a goal from from here. You know, because he, he, he started his career as a 40, he can yeah. kick. Add that string to your bow and to have your full back be able to come out and kick a Make goal him accountable. every couple of games. Make the full forward That's accountable. Exactly right. exactly right. And, he, he, you know, he's every chance to do that because the confidence is up. He'll have the confidence yeah. to leave... Leave his opponent. And, I think and he's a massive. Forward. I think he's a massive confidence player. I think we saw that in his second so, year, where yeah. he um, he got down and like he was a young nineteen year old. He, he was a yeah. young player, of course, but he's flying at the moment. He just looks like he knows he belongs, yeah. and that's the best part. That's why I can just see him doing this week in, week out for the rest of the season. I don't have those same worries that I had in the head that we, you know, previously might have seen. All right, give me your votes then. Have you got yours already? I've got to have a think about mine. I'll, have, I'll just go off the top, mate. This is really hard because I thought they were really good players. Just a one, two, three. I want to... One, no, I'll go three. You're going to go... Yeah, I'll go three, two, one. Um, Do you want me to jump in then? Yeah, go. you go. No, no, I want to... No, you go. <laughs> Come on. No, you okay. go. Well, I think there's I think there's probably five or six that could easily have filled all these positions. So it is a particularly... I'm going Crips week. three. You're going Crips three, yep. I'm going Martin... No, I'm going Pitnet two. And I'm going to go, is it Martin or Weedering? I'm going to go Martin, one. And that's, I'm missing out on Weedering. I feel you disgusting. Did you say Casbolt? And Casbolt. Yeah. And do you know what? Eddie Betts. Yeah, that's interesting. Do you know what? Actually, you know what? Yeah, this is tough. Can we do top <laughs> <It's> seven? Tough. <laughs> yeah, that's you, tough. You're putting it down? You're going to stick with that? Crips, Pitnet, and I'm going to go Betts. Betts with one. Yeah, nice. Yeah. I think I might... Uh, I might go Casbolt three. I just Big. love seeing contested marks. Yeah, just the confidence you have to kick to players like that and to you know get it out of traffic. Yep. Um, I'll go Paddy Cripps two. two. Good. And Eddie Betts one, but yeah. he could have been the three. He won us a game. Yeah. And so, he kicked the first goal. F- yeah. He set the tone at within ten seconds, and he decided the game. He's Eddie Betts leads in goal assists of all time. That's why we got him. He's spe- very special to uh, to Carlton. All right, Andy. There the vote's done. Yep. Got a big question I've been uh, contemplating and wanting your answer for since the siren went at around about 10 o'clock it would have been. Yep. Is Carlton's season back on track? Yes. Yeah, I think it is. I mean... Which is completely different to how people were feeling 
last week. Yeah, I mean, we were yeah zero and so, two. We're now one and two. Was well, zero we, and two looking likely to go zero and three? But in, I mean, if you include Geelong, we should be maybe two and one. If your auntie had if your balls, auntie, yep, exactly be your right. Uncle. Exactly right. Um, I think you'd even good find, idea for a segment, by the way. Uh, that's a new segment. We'll, we'll do that. I think a lot of my Melbourne supporter friends even agreed that I think we played um, better footy longer than Melbourne. We probably deserved the win, at least a draw. And I thought we were a better team against Geelong for the majority of the game. Absolutely. We could be 2-1, and one, which changes things. And that means we lost to, what, who? The reigning Premier, as yeah, you said. Yeah, wow, that's yeah. the big one, isn't it? It would be, uh, what, 2-1 and one and having lost only you know, one game to the reigning so Premier. So people would have said, yeah, Carlton lost round one to the reigning Premier, beat Melbourne and beat Geelong down in Geelong. Yeah. It, that's a that yeah. that changes the narrative Absolutely. for every journo and every yeah the good all that doom and gloom's lifted, isn't it? That way. See, look, even one and two, Santa, you reckon we're back on track? I I tend to agree. I don't think we're off track. I just think we had a really poor start oh, we, to the we, season. We could have been off track though. You go Norton three in a reduced uh, season. Yeah, you're in, again, you're in a bit of trouble. And I'm saying on track. I'm still talking about on track for finals. That's what we're aiming for. At here. the end at the end of the Melbourne game, we'd played two games. We'd played eight quarters, and I was confident that we'd won four out of eight quarters. I don't think we were off to... It's not like we we were better. We, we beat Richmond in that last quarter. We beat Melbourne the second, third, and fourth. So, no, the, the, it was never off track for me. We just needed to, to string it together. And I don't think we're there yet, but I don't think we're off track. I think that Melbourne game might uh, bite us on the arse later in the season. I think it will as well. Hopefully yeah. not, but I... So, we're one and two. Yep. And we, in theory, we face Essendon yep. Saturday night at the MCG yep. 7.40. What that Essendon team looks like, whether the game's absolutely going to go ahead. Yeah, we're not sure um, yet. Different story. I think it will go ahead. Yeah. And I think Essendon will just be made to to play their their best twenty two. I mean I don't I want to play Essendon at full strength because I want can to you win. imagine if, even if we win if we won, there's excuses. And you know what? And I'd hate to lose to a team <laughs> where they're missing their back line. That's the issue. And it's just one of those classic Carlton canes. If that was yeah. to happen in there... Well, it's classic Essendon Carlton backs, because yeah. it doesn't matter. Right. If, if Essendon are higher than us in the season, yeah. they'll win. Uh, we'll win and yeah. vice versa. We There's... Do you know what? It's quality, dangerous. Quality of teams goes out when it's Essendon and Carlton. Yeah. Yeah. It is a bit of a worry. You Surely, if you've got your best eight defenders out, your first choice oh, eight gosh. defenders... Though they beat us in that I year, know. they beat us after the uh, in the Asada year. I know, but look, how confident are you think no. going into this game? I'm not. Or are we going to be two and two? I'd like to think we, we go we'll one win. and yes. three, losing to Essendon. No, I think we. Gloom. I think we win. From what I saw on the weekend, just there's obviously there's watching the games. There's no talent issue. I don't think there's a coaching issue yet. I think there's an issue between the years with just finding that winning culture and that consistent footy. And I think hopefully, if we can win. You know, we showed at the end of last year that we strung some games together. Let's do it early. I'm confident that we can beat um, Essendon because it's important for us to go two and two. And I'll cop two and three at the end of round five games. I think we said that at the, last year. Yeah, with a slightly different fixture, but that's what we were hoping. We, yeah, we would have been was, happy yeah. with two to three. Copped yeah. a little bit of stick about that. We wanted three two, but we of course we want three. Let's, but it was a hard. Come. It was a hard start from is, that yeah. original fixture. So look, I pose this question to you. We're coming up against Essendon this Saturday night. Would you rather have been in the position where we continued on from that 42 points against Geelong and ended up winning the match by, you know, 30, 33 points in control, um, never in doubt? Or are you happy for them to have come back and maybe, uh, you know, knocked a bit of sense back happy. into the play yeah. as a two-point and, you know, so we don't get complacent Yeah, I think... Um, that way. I mean, is that a better result for this weekend for the long term? That's I think it is. We, we've walked away with a game where we've come off the back of a, 
of a loss to Melbourne, which was which was a bad loss. A loss that hurt, I should say. I'm yeah. not taking anything away from Melbourne. We've come out and played three good quarters of footy. Fourth quarter, they've shown us up. We didn't kick a goal. I think we'll be raring to go round one. Uh, sorry, quarter one against Essendon. So, yeah, I think it's the best thing that could happen. So, they're going to be missing, you know, potentially we missing. Won. Yeah. Missing their, their, you know, eight defenders. Yeah. Their, their you know, first choice defenders. That doesn't mean they're going to be missing their forwards, and in particular, small forwards. Yeah. And no, that, once again, as we always say, with Worries me. It does. Well, McDonald, let, Tip, and Woody. Yeah, you know the, the few of those players. Um, well, I think that kind of let's talk about the the VFL game and who could possibly come in. Like maybe does a Liam Stocker, someone to address that small forward issue because that this is now the third week in a row of this year. It's happened for the last couple of years. Who do we bring in that can take a small forward? Because Plowman's... and then who do we take out? Yeah, let's see. So that, that's that's the other challenge there. That's it. So look, I don't know. I mean, the, the reserves game, by all accounts, was a pretty good game. Yeah. Um, we'll do a Darcy touch Lang kicked three. So, yeah, I th- I'm pretty sure I, I saw some highlights. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure I saw him lining up for goal and kicking a set shot from 45 out with his left foot. Bizarre. He's not a left footer, is he? No, I'm pretty sure he's a right foot. He's a I right went foot. back, rewound just to check, and yeah, I'm pretty confident. And then I also saw another goal of his on his left foot. Is this the missing ingredient? Is this he's been kicking on the wrong foot? He's actually a left footer, and he's been kicking with his right. Hey, whatever works for you. So, yeah, I thought that was insane. So someone might be able to correct us anyway if I'm wrong, but that's certainly how, that's how, how, how it appeared. Right uh, so Philp and Honey had good games, apparently. Yeah, I saw some highlights. Honey looked good. He took a big grab over Lockie Henderson. I just thought of you as soon as yeah. he did that. That's a first good. year over... Uh, uh, over my favourite player. Henderson will yeah. keep the swear filter off for this one. Um, so that was good. Uh, Matt Kennedy had a big game, apparently. Yep. And... Surprise, surprise, play him in the midfield. Yeah. You know, that standard. natural. He's going to... Uh, yeah. Like a Nick Graham. Yeah, it? he's going yeah. to look good um, that way. And I think, look, for those who didn't get to see it, I think it was 16 on 16. And I think Carlton's full list was 16 players. Yeah. And I think they played, you know, the whole game. So yep. no reprieve. And I think uh, Geelong had 19. So they had three on the bench that they were rotating through. Yeah. And you've got an interesting fact about no, this No, I don't know. if Was it Lockie Hunter played... Oh, you're not so sure now? No, I'm not so sure. I wasn't so sure when I told you. Yeah. Um, Either way, I think that's certainly possible that's the case. Yeah, that's You reckon Lockie Hunter had a game? I have a feeling he played. Yeah, well, we're not going to be able to look that up. But uh, anyone else? Those more learned listeners out there, let us know if that's the case. But uh, look, it sounds like a Philp is good. It looks like he played for um, North. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Stripes, one of verticals, horizontal. You're close. Hang on, I'm getting there. Two different shades of blue, though. Yeah, anyway, look. Nah, do you know what? That's a... I don't know. Yeah, that was just a bad comment. I don't That's know why right. that... Good. Um, I'm glad we've spent so long talking about it. Yeah, go on. <laughs> so, Philp, Philp was good. Yep. Uh, who else do we see or hear about? It looked like Stocker was fairly... Lockie Hunter played for the North. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Awesome. Well, he could have played for Geelong if he had have wanted to, maybe. <laughs> yeah. That's... A, you know, like still relevant. Yeah. If Geelong were north, he played for Geelong. Yeah, let's turn them sideways. And, yeah, you know, there's, there's a chance. So, uh, yeah, well, so that's right. And Tom DeConning got through. Yeah, yeah, that's good. Uninjured. That's, that's what we want to see. Exactly what we want to see. So, yeah, look, you know what? It sounds like all the emergencies we had for the Geelong game, uh, putting their hand up for selection, and all had good games, and that's exactly what we want. We don't want to be gifting games. We want players to earn them. If that means putting in two, three, four solid weeks at VFL, yeah. um, you're ready to go when you're selected. That's what we want to see. All right, I think we've got our final um, little segment for the pod, and it's 
What's giving you the Bradley Pitts? It's been a while since we've done this one. Give me yours, Chris. It's better in person. I reckon you've got this one here. This is for you. Yeah, I've got one. Um, I've got a couple. I'm happy. I've got... Um, I'm, Carlton wins. I'm happy. I don't need a Bradley Pitts. I didn't like... I'm going to be honest. I didn't like the first quarter. Geelong were kept scoreless until Tom Williamson bumped into Selwood, who's renowned and fair enough as one of the toughest blokes in the AFL. That's fair to say. Absolutely. Courageous. Yep. Has a tendency. Has a ten- Tom Williamson bumps into him... Um, Near the goal square, Selwood drops. Absolute flop. Happens all game, every game. Flops, gets a free kick, and they kick the first goal. I really, I know it's been a bit of a hot topic at the moment because it's, you know, it's all, it kind of has been. It, I hate seeing it. Um, we talk about it. We watch a lot of the NBA. I hate seeing it in the NBA. I hate seeing it in, in AFL more, especially someone like um, a Scott Selwood, who I respect greatly for his courage and how. Joel. How, Selwood. Joel Selwood, not Scott, his brother. I didn't say, did I say Scott? <laughs> yeah. Do you like, oh, maybe you like, you respect Scott Selwood for his No, no, Joel, sorry. Uh, Joel Selwood, sorry, yeah, Joel Selwood. Respect him for being courageous and for being hard at it. Hate seeing that. And I reckon, yeah, they're right. Start finding people for doing that. Um, I noticed, and let, on this to show that I'm not one-eyed, I noticed Kerno did the same thing to Selwood in the last quarter when Selwood bumped into him. But then Selwood looked at him with great disgust, which I thought was a great bit of irony. Irony, yeah. That's the problem, though. He does it, and he will do it, and he gets away with it, so he'll continue. But that's why I think there needs to be retrospective yeah. fines. Yeah, that's it's crap. I mean, yeah. you've got to be better than up. I get a feel for the game. You've got to be better yeah. to understand. What are the consequences? We have ball in hand, and all of a sudden you gift a goal for that. In fairness to the umpire, it would be hard to see... Because all you're going to see is a Which collision. Umpire? There's a lot. Of, there are a lot of umpires. You, yeah, and look, a lot, let's be honest. Not all of them work. But if you see a collision, I think there was one um, last week that uh, I forget who who it was who went down, and the umpire just didn't even. It wasn't Carlton game, but the umpire didn't even pay any attention to it. They could see it was an yeah. absolute flop. Look, look, not the umpire's fault with this suggestion. No, but it's not. Here's a, here's a thought. Instead of handing the ball over to the opposition right in front of their goal, if you think something like that's happened, ball it up. Is that punishment in its on its own? No, yeah, I, I, you it is. ball it up. The attacking team's got it there. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, no, to, no, because it's either a free. A no, goal. it's either a free kick or it's not. That's my opinion. Let's not let's not yeah. do this. Let's find the grey. It's black or white. It's a free kick or it's not. No, no, it's a no bloody. So ball was up. it a free kick then or not? No, Shouldn't it wasn't. Have been. <laughs> Shouldn't have been a free kick. Yeah. All right. You also had another Bradley Pitt. You're on oh fire. no, free look, to wear. Television yeah, free to wear television on the weekend annoyed me. We had Collingwood and St Kilda play at four thirty-five on Saturday afternoon. Brisbane West Coast on Saturday night. Saturday night. Of this one on the broadcast, which and yeah, Carlton Geelong. So good game. Two Victorian games. Um, we obviously can't go to the football at the moment. We're not allowed, and they're playing two Victorian teams. Uh, sorry, two Victorian matches. Uh, one after the other, not free to air. You're essentially yeah. forcing people to get KO or Foxtel. I reckon it's wrong. Yeah, when when the COVID when COVID nineteen yeah. is around us and you can't get to the football, you, you can't be doing that. Surely you yeah. adjust your broadcast and look. And after they your and fans. of course they've got the they've they've got the scope to to adjust that broadcast. Surely because it's not fair. What are you going to think about? You know, I think about my grandparents and stuff like that who don't have the capacity to to go and get KO and things like that. They just want to watch the yeah, football. You shouldn't have to have the money or the technical nows no. to watch you know, your team play. So that's Channel 7 is essentially yeah. saying you have to get KO or Foxtel. Yep, and so I just think that's wrong. You're giving them a, a Bradley Pitt? Yep, not happy. On to your next one. No, that's it. <laughs> oh, that's it? Yeah, that's it. Yeah, okay, that's so it. just two for a week to beat Geelong and Geelong. Yeah. You're happy otherwise? I'm happy. You're very happy with it, so... Oh. 
So good to have you back in the. Uh, it's basement. been awesome. Let's um, oh, we'll, let's do we'll, this more often. Huh? We'll do a review of our. Uh, next week's game after whenever that is so we'll try and make these uh podcasts after the game be within kind of 24 to 48 hours which we did last week we're, we're going to do tonight so we'll continue yeah. on with that and look the other thing is to uh make sure you subscribe to uh to your favorite podcast uh, provider whether that be spotify apple podcast or even through anchor who we've got but subscribe to us it's free and if you hit get- the subscribe button on spotify the new episode will just come on to you. That's exactly. You'll get list. it as soon as it's dropped. Yeah. You know, we, we drop it and you'll get it three minutes later um, that way. So we'd encourage you to do that and also follow us on social media. You'll be able to find those channels. But we're on Instagram. Instagram Facebook we're on, and Yeah, Facebook Twitter. and we're on Twitter. Yeah, do that and let us know your thoughts as well. Yeah, any questions would be... We like the feedback. We like some banter. And we do like um, all the feedback and support we've had so far. So thanks very much, everyone. And uh, so, Chris. All right. It's been good <laughs> having you back in the bag of it's basement. Been awesome. and like, it's warmer. It's it warmer is, than it has warmer. been, I'm telling you. Yeah. There's something to this. Nah. I'm, it's um, full of hot air, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> so. yeah. Well, after the Bradley Pitt, I'm a bit warm. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, right. uh, thanks for listening to us. We are the Blue, Blue Baggers. Baggers. Do, do, do.